This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being, being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. We walk the healing path with all of humankind in order to bring the energy of Earth Mother, Pachamama, into modern-day awareness, so we one day can return to her and help to support and heal the damage we have caused by our unconscious behaviors. Valeria Telles interviews Marcus Nobrius, a modern-day shaman, spiritual teacher, healer, and speaker. Marcus was born and raised in Sweden but he has spent most of his adult life in California. He had the shamanic calling early, but it took him many years of growing and changing and learning before the path of the shaman opened up for him. He began working on people energetically 12 years ago or so, and then he began to learn and pick up different ideas and methods along the way. And one day, about three years ago, a Reiki master found him as he was meditating in a park here in L.A., She offered him Reiki, but he declined at first. Two weeks later, he is back in the same park, and the same lady shows up. She talks with him about Reiki again, and this time he takes her up on it. It was a life-changing experience which led him to get his Reiki training, and eventually his Reiki master training. About a year into doing Reiki professionally, he ran into another lady who he became friends with. Marcus was not aware that she was a shaman until months after he met her, and she took him on a journey and initiated him into the spiritual shamanic tribe he now belongs to. Since then, his practice has deepened as he has learned more and more, and now he treats people every day. The shamanic walk is a beautiful path, but not for the faint of heart. Meet Marcus at HealingWithMarcus.com. Here is the interview with Marcus Nobrius. In your own words, who is Marcus Nobrius? Marcus Nobrius is somebody who has lived quite a long and big life and learned through life and through different kinds of both pains and joys and suffering and enjoyment, uh, how to go within, how to go deeper inside of myself and to help others to go, to come home, come back home to our center. I always wondered where home is. What does it feel like? Can you describe, Marcus, what does it feel like to be at home or to arrive there as a destination? 
home is in your heart. Yeah. Home is in your body. Uh, it's when you can breathe into yourself and feel kind of the resonance of actually feeling at home and fairly healthy inside of yourself. You feel secure and calm and balanced and anchored into your own body. That way we are supported by Earth Mother and the nature of life itself, right? Yeah. I often ask about destinations. Can we stay there in a sense of um, not losing balance or like, can we stay there amidst chaos or challenges? Is that possible? Can you explain that? How does it happen? I believe it's possible. In my case, I the more I stay centered, as in like sitting in meditation in the morning, sitting at night, and spending more time with that inner stillness, with connection to my deeper self, it makes it easier so when I go out into regular life, I don't get swayed as easily. Mm, yeah. So something that kind of used to either start the drama inside of me, start my own story kicking yeah. back in, I, yeah. you know, these, or or if something else comes up, then the more anchored I can be into myself, both heart, root chakra, sacral chakra, and the more connected I am to Earth Mother, the easier it is to not get completely swayed. Mm-hmm. The easier it is to remember, is this an important conflict or not? Is it, is it, what's this conflict all about? Can we be peaceful in our solution mm-hmm. around whatever seems to be a problem here? Um, right. So I, I believe we can stay in that centered space, but the journey is to both find that space and, and connect to it, right? So it's sort of like an ongoing process how do I keep staying, finding my home, you know, because life keeps changing, right? Like the only constant is change, right? Yeah. So in a way, it's find, knowing the way home. It takes practice the way you describe it. And I often wonder what liberation is, what freedom is, because if we are still practicing to go back home, to return somewhere, that means we are not free yet. Right. Yeah, from my perspective. So, so yeah, yeah, absolutely. I agree. Uh, but freedom would be freedom from form, right? And freedom mm. from thought. Yeah. Thought yeah. and form are usually the same in a way. Uh, yeah. And thought oh. and story is the same too, right? Right, right, right. Future and past. Um, and at the same time, because we are still human beings, most of us will have some form of <laughs> struggle with our thoughts, with our personality, with a false personality or the parasite, you know, we will have to, um, and that's why the practice of meditation is a practice. It's both something we do often, but it's also a practice of like training, like working on something, you know. When you talk about the body, that makes so much sense because we need practice really for the body (laughs) in order for it to feel free in that sense. So we need to brush the teeth, we need to eat. So there, there are many rituals and practices to keep the body at that level of freedom. Hmm, interesting that I never thought it that way, but. There's also the thing about freedom in the body is also kind of freedom from the trauma and the, the triggers that we have. And usually that's stuck in our nervous system. And usually if we, the more we practice mindfulness or mindlessness, the more we sit with the body, the more the body can help heal the traumas and the triggers. So 
on that level, we end up being able to, that is how you can gain freedom in the body. But it's a bit of a process because the nervous system is used to reacting in a certain way, always. So certain sounds, certain movements, certain feelings will trigger something inside of you and you will have a reaction. And so if we can sit with that reaction, sit with the trigger, sit with the trauma, we begin to heal it from the inside out instead of just putting a Band-Aid on it. That makes so much sense to me, although I don't meditate anymore these days. So maybe I do in my own way, <laughs> in, in a different way. <laughs> Let me ask you another question, the warm-up questions. What do you think is the purpose of the human experience? Do we have one? Yeah, absolutely. We are co-creators of our world. That's why they say we are created in the image of, of God, right? Or yeah, of yeah. the creator. It's because we are the creator as well as being in the image of it. But we don't understand that when we are caught in our mind, in the way the like our society has created. It's very fear-based, right? Yeah, and as soon as yeah. we become fear-based, mind is taking over our energy. And suddenly, we're not living in our highest vibration, highest, purest form. Highest, purest form is when we recognize and realize, I believe. This is what I believe. I could yeah. be wrong, right? <laughs> but um, I believe that we are in our highest, purest form. We are just part of, we are one part of nature. Mm. But because we're giving a certain, we're given a certain level of intelligence where we can reason, where we can envision a future, we can manifest mm. things. Yeah. Because we have that ability, we could manifest uh, when we're coming from love, when we're coming from the highest form of, exp of the experience, we can manifest a beautiful world. And unfortunately, usually we come from a fairly, yeah, like a fear-based place, a parasite place, and then we manifest more fear, we manifest more problems. So, in a way, you're saying that we are nature itself, yeah, because that's common sense. <laughs> I, it's interesting to me how we have separated ourselves from nature, and that you basically saying it's because of the ability to think that created the, the separation. It's a gift because we can explore more, but then at the same time, it's an impediment. Yep, both ways, exactly. It's both. Yeah. Wow. What a paradox. And I do feel like the more we connect or go back, or return to nature or merge back with nature, then that seems to flow the energy of energies of love, unconditional love, of belonging, freedom, joy, all these um, incredibly elevated states of being. Yeah, I know that they are, what are you doing, for example, it is a practice, uh, a return to, to the center, to nature, to unconditional love. But I, I wonder how People in general who are not doing the healing work or not, are not aware of this, what is the simplest way for them to understand that they are life itself, that they don't have a life? Hold up your hand in front of you. Look at your hand and, and realize that it's made up of cells, yeah. right? And these cells are swirling. I mean, they're not swirling maybe, but they're sitting here making more cells all the time. Cell division yeah. is going on all constantly, right? More life is being made through our every part of our body all the time. Right. And then you ask yourself, did I make any of this? Mm -hmm. 
Did you make any part of your hand? Did you make your pinky? Did you make? Do you know how to put together a human body? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right? great. Yeah. <laughs> so if you recognize yeah. that maybe that's beyond my level of understanding. Mm. Maybe I can see that nature itself is sort of a miraculous creation mm, yeah. that I'm just a part of. I didn't do mm. this. I didn't create this. This happened and I'm just in this body. One of these days I did ask the question, what am I or am I here or who is here? And the answer was no one or you're not here. No one's here. Yeah, that was a very deep, a deeper realization about the miracle of, of being here, whatever this is. You can also look at the, you know, either saying no one, because we are so identified with ourselves in a way, but at the same time, you are a part of the mighty I am, and you are an expression of the world itself. So in one, even though there is not, there's no no false personality. The false personality are all the ideas of my story, why I am the way I am. Marcus is this, Marcus is that. And at the same time, there is a physical entity walking on this planet, you know, by the name, you know, it's named Marcus by us. <laughs> and so on some levels, we do exist. We just don't exist in the way that we are taught in our regular society, right? Like regular societies where you have to have this kind of money, that kind of car, that kind of house, which none of that has any value on a deeper part of the world. Like you can't bring any of that and that's not going to leave any impression on the rest of the world. That's a beautiful way of saying that. It's like giving names to the pets. Like I have a pet, his name is Zen. He doesn't know that. Right, I mean, he, right. he just answers to the name, but you know, he doesn't care. <laughs> He's just being whatever he is, whatever that is. Just, um, yeah. It might be the impossible thing to do, isn't it, Marcus, in a way? That's why maybe it's another miracle within the miracle of this to realize that you're just life. Like, I love that phrase. I don't have a life. I am life. It resonates true. And everything we do, we say, we think, is just the conditioning. It could be the, uh, the way we have been brought up or... Um, biology, who knows, the influences, but th this is not, I have no control of any of this. The I we attach to as an I identification, an identity, has no control of any of this. If for some reason, you see, it kind of resonates true to me, and it's a very, I don't know why that's the thing, like it resonates to you too. Do you wonder why some of us can realize this and, and some of us never will? I don't know if never is the right word. I think right, right, many right. of us, um, if you've gone, like, I don't know your story. I know that my uh, realizations, they come usually out of, in my case, a great deal of suffering, a great deal of yeah. different kind of pain. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And then, you know, that drives, drove me to that place of why the heck am I here? What the heck are we doing here? And then started, and, and also an inner feeling that there's got to be more. There's got to be more to this. Right. And as a kid, I had some truth dreams. I, I had dreams that came true and that told me, showed me that, my God, there's got to be more going on here. This, this, uh -huh. There's something outside of linear time that I don't understand. 
And and that yeah. that showed me very very real. Very, I knew that it happened. It showed me that that there is more going on in our world than what you know regular society wants to believe. You know, right. and, and there may not be a conspiracy. Uh, there may be one. I don't I don't know. But uh, but <laughs> for sure, uh, we are not living in our fullest potential. We are not living in the yeah. uh, realization that there's a lot of things going on outside of our perception of our day-to-day lives. What is healing to you and what are some of the misconceptions about healing from your perspective? Uh, hard to say. I, I, I come from a pretty uh, secular society, right? I grew up in Sweden. And um, so almost everything that's outside of the regular norm is kind of considered uh woo-woo or like, you know, yeah, like right. not yeah. very good, you know. And um, and I, so one of the misconceptions that I see is that people may not believe it to be real, you know, yeah. and uh, that yeah. we, we think that, well, it's just, you know, or, or we think that it's what you call that when people use like the power of thought, you know, or they yeah. think that it's the, it just make-belief or they think that it's, you know, right. self-suggestive, kind of like self-hypnosis almost, yeah, um, true. And and for me, it's sort of like, no, we just don't perceive mm-hmm. the world the way it is. We just don't mm. see. Just like when you hold up your cell phone or if you look at your computer mm. or you and I are talking the way we are right now, we're talking through mm. a Wi-Fi, an internet, like a wireless internet that is connecting everything, right? And the same thing goes for the radio stations. You know, you have, a, you have radio waves everywhere. You have... Wi-Fi signals everywhere. You have tons of different frequencies going on. And the same goes for our eyes. If we look outside, we see a certain very kind of a minimal amount of frequencies. We see a minimal amount of light Mm. and we hear a very small part of the whole sound spectrum. Mm, So what we don't understand is that there's a whole world outside of our mind, our senses, that we pick up on with our energy body, we pick up on with our other senses, but not with the regular senses. Just like the same kind of function that the, you know, homing pigeons that can know exactly where to fly to get home, and they just know it. It's a deep knowing. And just like that, they use the Earth's magnetic field, they use other feelings to navigate just like many animals are able to use their natural instincts instead of using mind and we are so conditioned to using mind instead of natural instinct that we don't really know that there's so much more going on it's something that if we if we were open enough yeah we'll would be able to see that, or some of them. We are, right? Because this is within us. We have those abilities. Um, perhaps we call it intuition. We have different, um, or practices even, that will get us there. Like shamanism is one of them. Talk to me about that, Marcus. How did you become a modern-day shaman and what shamanism is? <laughs> so... Um... <laughs> There are two different versions of the how I became a shaman. One is that I, you know, many people who become shamans later in life or early, they have early shamanic experiences in life. 
So it's almost like you have sort of a calling already. And in my case, I, I like I shared before, I had my dreams, my truth dreams that, you know, I dreamt something. I woke up the, in the morning. I thought that'll never happen. And then one or two months later, exactly what I dreamt happened. And then I also had uh, what you call it, uh, experiences with my power animals um, that... Mm. You know, and some people would be, oh, that's just imagination. He just has a, he just has a lively imagination. But in my experience, I had some experience where where uh, I was running on some rocks, and um, suddenly I was like, there was almost like a shift. Something shifted, and I experienced running with a whole pack of wolves. And after mm-hmm. a bit, I became one of them. And I've always had a connection to um, the wolf after that. And um, it was sort of, um, I didn't know that that meant that there are frequencies in my life that are aligned uh, with the energy of the wolf and uh, some other power animals. Mm. So when I did do power animal journeys, I got in touch with my power animals and then they come in and they help with the healing work of the shaman right so yeah. and and shaman is so i became a shaman both through my personal experience in life and i also early in life i i ended up going getting uh, sober early when i was 21 i i joined a 12-step group and i was sober for 12 years and and then i ended up leaving that just to kind of find myself and um you know i kind of kept growing into different healing modalities and learning different things and finally, uh, a few years, like about 11 years ago, I, I had an experience back. And I started healing people with energy work about 12 years ago, but only friends and like people in my vicinity, not really like professionally. And a um, year or two after that, I had an experience where I, I, I had these visions uh, in this one spiritual place where I visited back in Sweden. And there was like these long faces looking like Viking faces, kings and queens that said, Marcus, you should go back to Los Angeles and become a king. And uh, I was like, oh, okay. And then I came back here and this uh, one lady found me and she started teaching me Reiki, kind of completely out of the blue. And then a year later, this other woman I ran into over at Agape, which is a spiritual movement that I attended a lot. And um, she, I didn't know it, but she turned out to be a shaman. And she took me, uh, she, one day her, her spirit guides told her that she was supposed to initiate me into the shamanic tribe. And uh, so she did. And it turned uh, out that I had all those things that, that had happened through my life sort of became helpful when I went down the shamanic path. And uh, it was a beautiful, beautiful experience. It's changed my whole life around and um, helped everything out, you know, so. Yeah, shamanism. It sounds to me that, I mean, I have read about, interviewed a lot of people about it. And what comes to me is that uh, it's what we talked earlier, reconnecting with nature again, with life itself is that kind of a return to that? Is that what it is really? I feel like it's it two two folded right there, right? Like it's one is yeah. one way to look at it. Um, I mean, my shaman teacher calls her business, you know, healing the unseen, and that's working yeah. with spirit mm-hmm. into the things inside of ourselves that aren't really easy to find, 
you know, the, the, right. the driving forces behind we do certain things, why we get in certain trouble. So it's a deep healing, deep inner healing that's not connected exactly to one method or another. You know, like mm-hmm. in, in the West, everything has to be so organized and so like, well, this is what it is in, in, yeah. in a certain box or in another box or in a third yeah. box. <laughs> and well, in my experience, shamanism is a very broad healing modality where you work with spirit, you work with power animals, you work with spirit guides. And you were, I work with a lot of sound frequencies. I work with sounds that come out of my body and they go, you know, they, they speak directly mm. to the client's uh, body, different organs and different parts of them. And I also work with their energy body and their ancestral trauma stuff and ancestral, like, not curses necessarily, but, you know, negativity that hangs around. Um, so it's a very, very broad spectrum of healing that comes in. Wow. Um, you know, the drums and yeah, flutes yeah. and other kind of sounds, you know, like. No, <laughs> mm, oh, I love that. Oh, you know? yeah. Um, I love all that, yeah. of course. <laughs> and, and so, and then, but regular shamanism, almost like original religion before uh, it became uh, organized religion, you, you know, because in organized religion, almost all of them have a priest. And almost all of them have yeah. that priest to be a go-between between what they call God and yeah. the, the person. Well, yeah. shamans is kind of like a priest. It's just that there's no organized one set religion. Shamans mm-hmm. work with spirit to communicate between spirit and power and spirit guides and the person so that the person can find their way back home either into their mm-hmm. heart to heal the traumas that they've gone through so they can find their path again. And it's also very, but it's also about bringing the divine feminine into our world more than what has happened with modern religion, because modern religion is so extremely masculine based and it has unfortunately become toxic masculine. It's not divine at all, right? Like there's no divine masculinity going on. It's toxic masculinity, but just like there's toxic femininity, right? Right, right, But the divine feminine is when we are able to be in touch with Earth Mother, realizing that she is the womb we all came out of. All life comes out of the womb of the Earth Mother. Every single aspect of your life is based in Earth Mother. And that's just how it is. Like, we can break that down mm-hmm. as far as we want. You're not going to survive mm-hmm. if you don't <laughs> eat the food or the air or True. the water. It's all connected to Earth Mother. And mm-hmm. as we can bring awareness that the divine feminine is really kind of here to heal and to help and to, to hold then we can also remember that the divine masculine is here to provide the space for the divine feminine to create and to be and to express. Suddenly we have a healthy, loving balance where when we worship, the not worship, but when we come get in touch with and we kind of align ourselves, they call it um, Aini in certain South American tribes. Aini means right relationship or right relation. And when we come into right relation with nature, with Earth Mother, then your whole life will shift around, you know. Mm, Well, the the toxic masculine that drives our world is like, we gotta be go-getters, we gotta do this, you gotta do that, you gotta want things, you gotta create power, you gotta have money, you gotta do this. That's a very toxic masculine energy. And it's always fear-based, you know, so, yeah. Yeah, has to do with force and control. What is true power to you, Marcus? Oh, that sitting in stillness in your love. My God, mm, nothing more yeah. powerful than that. 
You own your own body. You coming back yeah. to your fill your body up with yourself, with love, with energy, recognizing that every cell is alive. Suddenly, there's no room for anything that's not you to be there. So no disease can take a hold of you. No, no negativity mm. can take hold of you in that way. You wrote um, on your website, I found this, says, the shamanic walk is a beautiful path, but not for the faint of heart. Why is that, uh, Marcus? Because it means in order to create the healing in our hearts that we need to create, in order to find that, we have to face our fears and our traumas and our triggers. Facing them can be a lot harder in a way than getting on Instagram, than getting on Facebook, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, or watching hard. the news all the time, right? Sure. <laughs> um, or being a, a, you know, ad addicted to different forms of um, Uh, you know, release or relief or getting away. Like, because, you know, alcoholism, drug addiction, sex addiction, oh, yeah. food addiction are all yeah. different ways of escaping what we're feeling. Mm. Right, right. And right. to sit with your feelings can be pretty damn difficult when you're, when you're alone or, you know, if you're not safe when you do it. If you can sit with somebody who already found their, who already faced themselves, it's going to be a lot easier to face yourself. It's basically facing your demons, you know. I'm kind of curious about um, the power animal journeys. Soul retrieval, I know it's something that you do too, power animal journeys and the sacred medicines. So are these all uh, integrated uh, within one session or it works differently so, one at a time? Yeah, you can do any way, like power animal journey i usually end up either adding into uh, a session if somebody says i'd like to do that the first time then i'll do it but often that comes from the second or maybe even third uh, session uh, it depends a little bit on the needs of the person where they are on, on their journey and in their life you know um yeah. and yeah. and um The uh, but otherwise, yes, I, I, I implement both the sacred medicines and or at least some of them and the energy work in the same session. So so usually we will sit together in meditation where I'll serve up some uh, ceremonial grade cacao. And as we kind of move our way into you or the client, you know, energetically speaking, like as in you will start opening up, we start chatting, we start meditating together, we're sitting opposite each other. There's also something called hape, which is a South American mm. snuff, um, that yeah. tobacco base that yeah, I yeah. either I blow it up my own nose only, or I'll blow it up your nose as well. It's a beautiful uh, journey of coming back into your body. And it both works on the physical plane of like release, relaxing your nervous system and getting, and it's a very anti-inflammatory in itself, mm, but then right. also energetically speaking, it, it almost puts us back into our body and into our heart in a way that is very beautiful, uh, that I haven't found many other things to do it that way. Yeah. When you say we learn to see into the unseen, So that's an interesting phrase, a way of saying that. How can the unseen be seen? Uh, that's one question. But the second is, what is there beyond experience that we can describe or realize? That's a very nice, interesting question. 
what is there beyond experience? Well, yeah. it's a little tricky because all we get, like our perception, our brain, our way of interacting and communicating with each other is all based on experience, right? Like we're, right, right. we're relating an experience to each other. Mm. Yeah. Uh, beyond that, if you sit in deep meditation or if you sit in the energetic frequency of, let's say that you just, let's say you, you play one of those uh, solfeggio frequencies on on YouTube or something, and you allow that frequency to take over your whole being, you're still in an experience, but it's also, it's like you are the experience. Mm. So a little bit like instead of being the reporter or the commentator mm. about the experience, you are the experience. And in some ways that takes away the separation. Yeah. And that's sort yeah. of how I work with yeah. the frequencies that come through me are most much of the time very impactful on the other person's energy field and on their physical body. So then they can actually often bypass what the mind is trying to judge or, you know, put up walls around and just go into the feeling of releases in the body, feeling of old things, leaving them and all of that kind of stuff. So it's kind of an unusual form of healing, but it's a, it's like you become your experience instead of reporting mm. on everything kind of thing. So I have a few more questions for you, the ending questions before I ask them, would you like to add anything? So seeing into the unseen, healing the unseen is basically using your mind's eye, your inner eye, your third eye, and what the spirit guides are telling you to pick up intuitively on what's going on with another person. And when your vision is taken in a certain place, suddenly you're looking at somebody's liver, you're looking at their shoulder, you're looking, if you start to trust that that's actually your intuition taking you in that direction, mm. you'll start to realize pretty quickly that these people are like, yeah, how did you know that? Yeah, that happened. Uh -huh. so, right. Yeah. Anyway, that was, yeah. you asked that earlier. So I thought. What is another word for heart? Center. Center. Um, and home. Right. Once, it's funny you would ask that because yeah. last week I had one of my, I do morning meditations every day and online, right? And one of the days it was, it was very much like home is where your heart is, but it's actually where your heart is in you. So it's kind of fantastic. For me, it was interesting because, you know, I'm Swedish, but I live in America and it was nice to kind of come to that space of, you know what, since I came into my body, since I came home to my heart, I am home wherever I go. Mm, yeah. Because uh, I'm, yeah. I'm part of Earth. Yeah. You know. Yes. It's like a center without the center. Yeah. Yeah. The, basically. Yeah. You're, um, I was going to say to on the healing the heart is about finding what is the blockages both around your heart, in your heart or in your body. Do you have trauma stuck to your, is it in your liver? Is it in your solar plexus? Is it in your pancreas area, spleen, your stomach, your sacral chakra, your root chakra, mm. your throat chakra? Most of us have throat chakra blockages. And, yeah. you know, where, where is that trauma situated? How do we begin to locate it? And how do we begin to feel into it and sit with it? Because when you sit with it, you can also begin to breathe into the area, create both physical and energetic space around the trauma, the feeling. And then the body itself will begin to heal it. 
So yeah. just like a wound, if you cover up an infected wound with a Band-Aid, the infection won't go away. But if you allow nature itself to start to heal it, both with air and the flow of blood and all that stuff, it'll be healing from the inside out. And it's a bit of a process, but it's a beautiful process of letting go, of letting go of that identification, of realizing mm. the mother wound, realizing abandonment issues, realizing fear, realizing, you know, projections, mm. you know, all of that stuff, you know. Do you offer sections online too, Marcus, or only in person? No, I do it online. Yeah, we do Zoom calls, uh, depending on if it's you know, when it's the shamanic work, uh, we do Zoom calls. They usually last about uh, almost two hours. This is the norm. So, I'll have the link to your website. I'll ask in a moment. And my last question is, what are three things about life you wish everyone to know or to have or to experience before they lose the body? That beneath it all, love is a real thing. Love is what is life, right? What we know as of we know it as life, but it is love. It's the same energy. It's the same frequency. And to also know that the deepest form of romantic love is also real. So don't settle with what you think is safe, because that's not life. Life doesn't play it safe. Follow your heart. Don't follow your mind. If you fall on your butt, you learn. If you never fall, you don't learn. So playing it safe, making it sensible, being logical is un. It's unsafe because we stay stuck in the box. We're in the same box that our parents grew up in, that we, you know, then later learn how to be in. It's actually unhealthy for anybody. And the last thing is war is never the answer. <laughs> Thank you so much for your beautiful presence. Thank you for being open to the universal life's wisdom and everything else in between, Marcus, that can be felt. And before we say goodbye, where can we find more information about your services, products, and future projects? So I want to give one thanks, one shout out first. And that's to my shaman teacher, Ombute Devi, who is at Healing the Unseen. Um, she has she has opened up so many beautiful portals inside of me that healed things that I never thought could be healed. So for me, that was a beautiful experience. Now, you can find me at healingwithmarcus.com. I'm on Instagram and Facebook under the same tag, Healing with Marcus. Wonderful. I'll have that link to your website on your podcast profile. And there they might find also the uh, social media links. I think you have it there. Thank you so much again, Marcus. And we'll talk soon. Thank you very much, Valeria. Bye for now. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Marcus Nobrius and his work, please visit HealingWithMarcus.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now. <laughs>